with me real quick and grab a Bible if you have one. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 43. We're going to start everything by reading this this morning. Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 48. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be up here on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. And Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I, Jesus, say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. May God bless this word. You may be seated at this time. Uh, Kids can be dismissed right over here to your left. And our ushers will begin taking our offering at this moment. So a couple months back, I was working late one night in my study, and my wife was already in bed, the dog was put away, all was quiet in the house. It was kind of close to Christmas too, so it kind of really worked. And I'm working late one night. And I hear this, um, this sound come from the kitchen that kind of catches my attention. And I, I heard it and thought maybe I was just hearing something or the house was just creaking. And so I, I went on about my business, doing what I was doing, working on the computer. And then I heard a sound again. And this time I heard, I think it was like a cup fall from the counter onto the floor. And at this point, I knew somebody or something was in my kitchen. And so I went to my bedroom first to make sure my wife was asleep and that it wasn't her. And and she was asleep, as I thought. And so I go to the kitchen to find what is going on. And I found the thing that you least want to find when you walk into your kitchen. I walk in, I'm looking around, and I see something kind of scurry behind my coffee maker. And I look over there, and there's a mouse in my kitchen. On my kitchen counter, how gross is that, right? But the most shocking part about it wasn't that there was a mouse in my kitchen, but that he was stinking cute, okay? He he was so cute. I mean, you know, I had these like horrible visions of what it really was. It wasn't a rat, it was a mouse. And he had like these little button eyes and the shiny gray coat and the cutest little tail. And we kind of looked at each other and we're like, what's going to happen here, you know? And uh, luckily, he was able to scurry along this little hole in my kitchen, unfortunately, that I have, and and go back to where he was. And it shocked me, because you hear about those things your whole life, and then it actually happens, and you're like, oh my goodness. And so, I called my handyman the next day, and I asked him, I said, hey man, I got a, a mouse in my kitchen, and obviously I can't be having that, so what do I do? And he said, well, all you gotta do is one thing. He said, anytime you've got any kind of critter in your attic or in your house or anything, obviously they live outside, you live inside. He's like, it's pretty obvious, John. That means that there's a hole somewhere around your property and they're sneaking in and coming in and going out and all that kind of stuff. And so sure enough, the next day I went out and I found this little 
um, this little hole, like where my uh, attic is, it kind of airs out my attic, and there was this little hole in this wiring of which they had cut out, and the mouses were, you know, kind of, that was like their little highway into my house and outside of my house, and they were getting in and out, and in fact, later that night, I actually saw one crawl in there, and so uh, obviously we, we fixed the hole, and we've, we've been pretty good since. But this morning, as we talk about Jesus and hate, I think that what we find often is that we allow a hole in our heart where hate sinks in. And we don't realize that it's there. And this hole that we find in our hearts where hate sneaks in is called enemies. You probably have this hole in your heart somewhere. It's called enemies, which means like you have this, uh, this hole in your heart in which you allow hate to come in and go out because, and you think it's justified because this person is your enemy or you don't like them. And, and in our day, it's a lot like Jesus' day where we think that we love people that are good to us. We love our friends and family that we're on good terms with. But if I have an enemy, then I, I'm justified in hating them. And yet what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount when he says to love your enemies, what he really says is this, hate is hate. Regardless of, of who it's directed at, regardless of the form, regardless of the reason or the justification, hate is hate. And, and church, can we agree this morning that when it comes to hate, you can't compartmentalize it in your heart. You can't compartmentalize hate. You cannot allow frustration and hate into your heart and then just kind of keep it in a certain direction towards a certain person. Once you let it in, I believe hate takes free reign over everything inside of you. You might be hating one person, but does it not sometimes come out on your family or your friends or the people that you love or, or come out towards God or even yourself? And what I want to invite you to this morning is to look at Jesus and to come close to him during this time and to see how he handles enemies. Because we are called to live without hate. Because wouldn't you agree that if Jesus says we are not allowed to hate our enemies, you probably can't hate anybody? Hate is hate. Wrong thinking says, I have certain reasons in which I can hate people. Holy thinking says, I may not approve of everybody, I may not agree with everything, but I can't hate anybody. In verse 43, if you have your Bible, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, Jesus says, we'll go verse by verse through this, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And one quick thing to note here is that uh, there's, not, there's actually not an Old Testament saying that says, hey, go hate your enemies, right? And so this leads us to believe that Jesus is not just talking about the Old Testament and, and what was formerly said, but he's talking about common sayings or, or ideas that people derived from the Old Testament. And so there were moments where maybe you could read something in the Old Testament and think, maybe God's okay with me hating my enemies. But Jesus says, you've, you've heard it said, there's this idea out there that you should love your neighbor and you should hate your enemy. But then Jesus says in verse 44, but I say to you, this is the crazy part, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. 
I'll read it again because it sounds really crazy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Okay, so like here's this dividing line in your life, okay? This dividing line. And like there's, there's your own life path over here and there's the Jesus life path over here and this is the path in which you don't follow Jesus. This is the path where you do follow Jesus. And, and here's the problem, that to continue on this journey following after Jesus, that means you have to set aside hating your enemies. This is a major dividing line in most of our lives. Like, like, like here it is. If you want to keep going, you can come. Anybody can follow Jesus. Anybody can, can come to the King of Kings. But there are certain things you're going to have to do in your life. There are certain things you're going to have to, have to allow the Holy Spirit to take control over if you are truly going to follow Jesus in the midst of this broken world. And here's a big one. You must love your enemies and you must pray for the people who persecute you. In verse 45, he says, So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on evil and good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. He says God loves all people. God grants all people certain levels of common grace. And then in verse 46, he says, For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. This is interesting because Matthew, who's writing this, his profession was a tax collector, right? I mean, he's calling out his own people. And then he says, You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. The whole Sermon on the Mount seeks to perfect you. It, it seeks to, like, the words of Christ to dive into your heart and to bump up against that sin 